0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So let's pick up where we were last time, but you may have to help me a bit. I know we were talking about hospitals and checklists, and uh, those uh, checklists are my favorite topic. And checklists weren't really working in the hospitals. What, what was the what was the reason they weren't working?
1: Yeah, last time we talked about uh, uh, several things that led to checklists not not working. Um, Staff resistance, um, checklists as being inappropriate or logical, and 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 people think it's a waste of time. But then the real connection was uh, we were looking at some of the advice that people gave about successful adoption, and there was one thing in particular that that stood out to me. And and, and uh, this is where we got to tell the one of my favorite of your stories, which is the add your own egg story. That uh, when when they encouraged ICUs to. Um, make the checklist their own. And that was an that was encouragement that was given in the Michigan uh, example that had very, very good outcomes. And uh, when, when the ICUs were, were, were uh, encouraged to make the checklist their own, they came out largely the same. You know, they were 95% the same, but there was that 5% that made it work for them. And uh, every one of these hospitals thought that theirs was the best. And, uh, and we connected that to principle 12 of Agile. Indeed, where
0: uh, the the idea is that you should be always reflecting and improving and making Agile, for you, more successful. Yes. Uh, the, the specific words are, at regular intervals, the team reflects on how to become more effective, then tunes and adjusts its behavior accordingly. You you and I, before the podcast, we were trying to find desperately where in extreme programming, one of the early versions of Agile, th- that was referred
1: to. I, I think we did finally find it, did we? Yeah, we did in the in the uh, second edition of Extreme Programming Explained, uh, it talks about uh, the team reflection at a weekly and quarterly intervals. And it also talks about reflection generally and, and looking for ways to identify bottlenecks and uh, find things that are, are problematic. So as a principle, it was there. And I think you found also something on, is it extremeprogramming.org? Yeah. There's the XP rules. And uh, one of the rules is
0: fix XP when it breaks and uh, change it so that it's better.
1: Yeah. And so we, we found that, but I was really surprised that I didn't find it, for example, in the white book, which is the first edition of Extreme Programming Explained. And, I, and in particular, I couldn't find the a quote that I really, really like. And I'm just going to say it as I remember that. Um, and I'm pretty sure this was Ward Cunningham. And he said, uh, when, you, when you adopt extreme programming in the, the first year, you should do extreme programming by the book. And then in, in the second year, you should be doing extreme programming with modifications. And in the third year, you should not be doing XP. You should, you should no longer be doing extreme programming. And that, re, that reflects uh, this idea that you're always evolving and, and adapting it to based on your own experience and your own context and what you're learning. And so much so that over time, what you would be doing would have really be not recognizable to someone from the outside as extreme programming. You come in and look at what people are doing and be like, wow, what, how did you come up with this? And the answer is, well, we just we adopted it to make it work for us.
0: There you go. Well, we had a listener, actually an, an old friend of mine. Uh, hi there, Anand, uh, that uh, wrote us quite a long time ago about a, a previous episode. And he had the opposite point of view. So I'm interested in, in what you think about this. Uh, Anand, I'm going to... Um, shorten his quote, but we'll will include a link in the show notes so you can read all of what he says. But he says, uh, if you're not doing the various ceremonies, then that means that you're not doing Agile. There's nothing wrong with that, but let's be honest. Let's assume Agile is a chocolate chip cookie recipe and it calls for certain things. People who decide that chocolate chips aren't what they want bake into their cookie something else. Perhaps they put chili instead. Well, then they're not doing Agile. They're not making chocolate chip cookies. I wonder what you think about that. How's,
1: how's that strike you? Well, I think <laughs> it's a really uh, interesting point of view. And I, I, I disagree fundamentally with, uh, and, and I think because it's hear the word agile is, is why I would disagree with it. You know, because in the world of agile, there's many sort of branded or labeled methodologies. And I think it's um, perfectly fair to say uh, about one of those branded methodologies, that's where it's to me more like a chocolate chip cookie recipe, right? So if you said, well, yes, we're doing um, crystal, or we're doing DSDM, or we're doing XP, or we're doing, you know, so uh, some defined methodology with their practices, then you can say, well, yeah, that's the set of practices have a name, and if, you, if you're not, you know, that's, that's you know, realistically a, a recipe. But Agile is different, and I think that's uh, something that a lot of people miss, and, they, and it, especially these days where Agile has become so popular, um, and very uh, people mistake a, a certain implementation and think, well, that's Agile. But for me, if you go back to the manifesto, what are there? There's four values. You'd say like our is what I'm doing in line with those four values, and then there's sort of twelve principles. And if I'm if I'm doing it aligned with those twelve principles, then what I'm doing is agile. And it, but it's not it's not just a set of practices. If it if it were, what would that mean for innovation? You know, how would agile evolve? It it seems wrong to me that if if if, if we use the analogy. Uh, of a of a recipe, and I come up with some new uh, fruit <laughs> that that has never been put into a cookie before, and and now it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's not agile because you you've had this new new practice, and I and I know you and I have often talked about given different contexts we uh, encounter you with your clients or me with people I'm talking to, we we often advise things that I've never seen in any sort of agile book, but solve the problem that they're having. Mm-hmm. And are in line with the principles. So that's the, the crucial
0: thing is that if you have the principles and the, the, um, the values in mind, then um, you can create something that is quite successful and, and gets the outputs that you're supposed to get from uh, an agile approach, but you may not be following any practice that somebody's written down somewhere before because it might be in your very special situation.
1: It's different. Well, I'd even say that there might be times where, I, you know, admittedly, we'll say there's times where I where I probably violate some of the agile principles. Um, you know, one that comes to mind is business people and developers must work together daily throughout the project. Mm-hmm. You know, in, our, in my current context, there are times that we don't do that. That you know, they're, that developers are working without without business people around, so we're violating that. Yep, my clients too. I I don't feel like we. Uh, somehow now failed the agile purity test uh, because of that. Now I think what is interesting to say is, uh, are there times where it causes us problems? And I, and the answer for us is yes. There has been times where uh, access to business people have been a barrier. And then, but we we then reflect on that and it, it say, well, what will, should we do about this next time? And we try to adopt our practices to uh, to respond to that. Sure.
0: And it occurs to me that it's, it's similar to um, when you're, you're learning various things. I have the feeling it's martial arts, but it may be something else that when, when you're learning a new practice, when you're learning a new thing to do, you first do it exactly like the, the master or whoever it is who's trying to show you. And then you vary it and you try doing things that are a little bit different. But if you get in trouble and it doesn't work, you can always go back to the original, do it by the book, do it exactly the way you're supposed to. Uh, And that gives you a good uh, base, a good grounding to work from. So you you might want to, as Anand was responding to our episode on uh, how you might have Agile without stand-ups, you might say, well, we'll try it without stand-ups. But if we lose connection with each other and we start working on the wrong things and we step on each other's toes, we could always go back to stand-ups. That's an approach to uh, adopting uh, a practice differently. Yes, that's right. So one thing that we both noticed, I had a a client write me an entire long, very well thought out email about it. Uh, uh, We both noticed that um, our friends over at Basecamp, who used to be called 37 Signals, it's very confusing, but uh, they make a product called Basecamp. And and they wrote and and heavily publicized a nice short book called Shape Up, and uh, they claimed it wasn't Agile. And in in fact, that was part of the selling point. Was uh, this is not agile or Kanban or any of that stuff? Um, it's it's our own thing and it's different. And that uh, reminded both of us, I think, of uh, Anand's comment and and our discussion from last week. That um, are are they uh, are they really totally different? Have they invented something new
1: and exciting? Should should we become troubleshooting shape up? <laughs> well, that's a that's a good question. Um, it it did. Uh, It it did strike me. I'm I'm a a reader of the website Daring Fireball, and it uh, 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 so John Gruber had a little blurb about it. um, Basecamp or one of their sponsors, and so he described it's you know it's a whole new approach. It's not agile. It's not Scrum, and your walls won't be lined with Post-it notes, uh, which I I got a good uh, chuckle out of. But it it does kind of. I did have this sort of. Odd response, but it's not agile. And I thought to myself, Gosh, I, I wonder which of the which of the uh, values they're violating. You know, do they do maybe they value following a plan over responding to change? That doesn't sound. I don't think that's it. I, no. Maybe it's comprehensive documentation they're really into. Now, the one that you could argue. You know, maybe the value process and tools over individual interactions because they do make a tool, and they may say, "Look, it's all about Basecamp, and that's the most important thing." But I, I, I really suspect that's not there. I, I took a brief look through uh, Shape Up, but I'm, I'm not. I would not put myself as an expert at this point. I, I do want to take a, a closer look. What I'd really like to do is talk to uh, some of the people at Basecamp, or you know, uh, Jason or Freed or something like that, and say why, why are you saying this is not agile? And, uh, and also just, I'm curious how, you know, how they, how they got there in, in their introduction, they said that they uh, developed it in isolation over nearly 15 years of constant trial and error. Um, you know, which, which is great. I mean, actually that, uh, idea of, of developing it and polishing it, as they put it, uh, you know, iterating, honing in, um, the developing it. Well, that's great. That, that's, that sounds fantastic. And that's actually, um, very consistent with that principle of, of uh, reflecting and uh, and adapting, and and very similar to what that Ward Cunningham advice was. You know, start with start with XP, and if if you want to start if you want to do extreme programming, start with it. But after three years, it should not be that. So they've they've clearly evolved their own methodology through I am guessing very you know this sort of uh, iterative approach, uh, and, and which is great. But I I really it's not obvious to me why why they say they're not agile except for that. Probably their uh, the way they work doesn't look like another agile methodology they've experienced.
0: Exactly. So they don't have the post-it notes. They also say they they don't have daily stand-ups, and then then I like how they put it. They say they they don't have anything remotely tied to a metaphor that includes being tired and worn out at the end. By which I guess they yeah. mean sprints and iterations and so on. So um, more power to them. I'm I'm perfectly happy to to see them do something quite different, but. Um, uh, what I can't see is how those things are agile. So they're saying, we're not agile because we're not doing these things. It's hard to follow. I, 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 we could be misunderstanding them.
1: Well, I, I think here, this is, they're, they're sort of contrasting it with, you know, in, 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 from good marketing perspective, uh, I, there's plenty of people out there who are um, tired of a lot of uh, the sort of agile zealots that, you know, do say, look, here's, you have to do exactly this way. And if, if you don't, and it's, we kind of saw that in our, Previous uh, episode about learning from you don't need stand up, uh, uh, where someone said, "Look, I we got rid of our stand up and, and it was better, and it just seems logical." in his, in that person, another Jason, by the way, who, who wrote that article, and he was also
0: polemical. He was also, yeah, and it's not agile, and we don't need this stuff, and so stop doing this. And we just said, we agree, yeah, great, <laughs> violent yeah. agreement here. <laughs> We're not opposed to it. But by the way, did you know that? Stand up does not mean that you're agile. And uh, things like backlogs and Kanban and velocity tracking, which also are in the the shape-up polemic, uh, it, those those don't constitute agile software development, at least not
1: for you and me. That, that's right. And so I think that's, that there has been this this um, problem. And I think written, this is one of the things I hope that we help address people through the podcast is this uh, conflation of the practices um, uh, as being the thing that is agile as opposed to the approach and mindset where we're saying, you know, be contact sensitive, you know, and in particular learn from what you've done. I, I really do like, and I've probably the person I've uh, referred to most in throughout this whole podcast is probably Alistair Coburn. Um, and he's someone who's been a, a long time influence on me. And what he's been busy with most recently is um, this heart of agile. Uh, and uh, we'll put a link to that where he, he kind of distills down, agile into sort of now just like four key concepts that he then can unfold but they're like collaborate deliver reflect and improve and and I really like that sort of distillation and you know the collaboration speaks very much to humans being the center of what you need to work together you you deliver something and then you reflect on what you've done and uh, that's your opportunity for learning and then you improve uh, what you're doing is you go and you kind of cycle back now to collaboration. And it uh it, it really has a some some nice approach to it. And I also with Elster's approaches and the Heart of Agile approach more generally, they're they're not trying to tie it down to a set of practices like, you know, you must do these things, but rather saying, you know, here's here's uh, moves or approaches that uh, that you should be looking for. Results the way I look at it is that you're you're trying to 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 get. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Well, that sounds like it would be fantastic. And uh, I, I hadn't heard of Harder Agile, so I'm certainly going to have a look at that. All right. Well, uh, as Jeffrey was saying, we, we would love to talk to anybody at Basecamp about ShapeUp. I promise we will we will read it in more depth. We've both scanned it, but um, uh, not gone into depth. But uh, we, would, we would love to do an interview with, uh, with somebody from Basecamp to understand what their practices are, why they say that it's not Agile. Maybe we're wrong. That would be interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'd be very interested to find out which of the... Uh, principles they're actually violating. That would, that would be great. Um, so if any of our listeners know people at Basecamp, we'd sure like an introduction. Uh, we're, um, I think, just going to write to a few of them ourselves and and see if we can uh, attract anyone to be interested to, to be on the podcast. But uh, uh, if you have experiences with trying out ShapeUp, if you if you are someone from Basecamp, if you're Anand and you you want to argue with us some more, <laughs> or you agree with him that chocolate chip cookies are, are the same as Agile, no, I'm being silly. That's not what he said. Uh, but if you'd like to discuss anything with us, you can find us on troubleshootingagile.com. As usual, you can find us with email and Twitter and lots of other things. And of course, you'll find us here every Wednesday. So hit that subscribe button so that you can get a notification when we're out again with more discussion about why people who don't think they're agile are actually agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.